नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते ियान In translation of the two verses together, I'll read it in English because some, quite a few people here don't know Tamil. A person in the divine consciousness, although engaged in seeing, hearing, touching, smelling, eating, moving about, sleeping and breathing, always knows within himself that he actually does nothing at all, because while speaking, evacuating. receiving or opening or closing his eyes he always knows that only the material senses are engaged with their objects and that he is aloof from them shila prabhupad begins this purport by stating that a person in krishna consciousness is pure in his existence a devotee of krishna is interested in being pure now a materialistic person cannot imagine what it means to be pure a materialistic person is always overcome by calm cold low mohamada matsai has no concept of even of purity his consciousness is so contaminated that he has no he cannot he has never even considered what it means to be pure but actually we understand that the soul is by nature pure every soul it's not that someone born in a brahmin family their atma is more pure than someone born in a shudra family it may be that their consciousness is less contaminated than that of someone born in a brahmin family but actually everyone is born in this material world because we are not pure because we are not pure we are forced to take birth in various species of life and someone may born be born as a shudra someone may born as a brahmana due to different degrees of purity but basically everyone is contaminated and that's why we are although it's not necessarily that one born in a brahmin family is more pure than one who is not just like ourselves we coming from the western countries we're not even uh, by the hindu caste system we're not even on the level of shudras we're below but you'll see all these devotees here whatever their background may have been whatever their caste may have been their life now is their whole way of life is completely pure and it's very difficult to find even people born in Brahmin families are following these things so strictly, but actually, uh, whatever situation we're born in, the real goal of life is to become pure. We are all pure by nature. Simply, we have to revive that purity. There are methods to revive that purity, and the best method is Krishna bhakti. 
because purity, the real meaning of purity, is to develop pure devotional service to Krishna. Because the true nature of the soul is to be the servant of Krishna. Jivayasurupoi Krishna Nityadas. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is very straightforwardly or simply encapsulated this fact as saying that the nature of the soul is that he is the eternal servant of Krishna. So, purity, in the true sense of the term, really means just to engage all our senses fully in the service of Krishna. There are various activities people perform to become pure. When we uh, rise in the morning, we should take a bath. Now, that is not only to make the body clean, but it's a matter of purification also. That means that the body has to become purified, one has to take a bath, so that one can perform puja and all these different activities. So there are many activities to be performed to maintain one's purity so that one is fit for performing all these different activities of puja. And we'll see that um, some brahmanas even today, they're very strict in following even some of these minor rules. For instance, they'll only drink well water, which is used by themselves or other brahmanas. When they make coffee in the morning, it must be with the well water only. So you see, they're very strict in all these different practices. So all these practices are there, but the purpose of all these rituals is so that ultimately the mind and consciousness will become purified. Now we've heard there is one famous Swami who used to say that it doesn't matter what you eat, it only depends upon your consciousness. That's the only important thing. Now, in one sense, there's some truth in this. Because actually the most important thing is, how is our consciousness? But actually, if our consciousness is pure, then there's no question that we'll want to eat meat. There are various reasons for that also. One reason is that to eat meat, that means to uh, cause unnecessary suffering to the animals. Plus, anyway, such food as meat is only attractive to people in Tamago. A person of purified consciousness is not interested in eating dead bodies and blood. But there's, there are other reasons also why someone in pure consciousness doesn't like to, they won't eat meat. There's no question of them eating meat. Because a person in pure consciousness means someone who is in pure Krishna consciousness, always thinking of Krishna. So a person in Krishna consciousness uses all his senses only in the service of Krishna. Now, here in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Bhaktarang Pushpang Phalang Tayang, Yome Bhaktya Prayachati, Tadahang Bhaktu Pahitam, Ashnami Prayatatana. If one offers me with love and devotion a leaf, flower, fruit, or water, I will accept it. Krishna never asks that you offer me meat. So, because Krishna doesn't like to eat meat, and because devotees only take Krishna prasad, they also never eat meat. So, it is a misunderstanding think that our consciousness can at all be pure if we're eating meat. There are various procedures we have to follow to purify our consciousness. Not eating meat or fish or eggs or even garlic or onions. People sometimes ask, why no garlic or onions? They're also vegetarian. Well, there are reasons for that also. One reason is that because every food has a certain effect on our consciousness. So garlic and onions are foods that give the effect of tamagun. And again, another reason is because Krishna 
he himself, he's not fond of garlic or onions, so he doesn't yeah. like to eat them. So we can't offer them to Krishna, that means we can't take them because we're devotees of Krishna. Now, people who are, very, who are in impure consciousness, they think we have to eat very strong foods like this. They like this ugra, that is hot uh, ugra, yeah. They like these very strong flavors of very, uh, yeah, very uh, meat consciousness. Similarly, uh, intoxication. No. There's no question of a drunken person being in pure consciousness. Do you think it is possible? It's uh, it's very unfortunate when we see a drunken person. We think they've they've come down to the level worse than the animals. Sometimes people are surprised that in our Krishna conscious movement we also include within intoxication even tea and coffee. So these are minor intoxications, not serious like alcohol. But again, it's something that we become addicted to. Just like we see, uh, I, I think especially Brahmins, they, they, in the morning they have to have a good strong dose of coffee, otherwise they can't chant their mantras. <laughs> Om. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> and then what to speak of smoking tobacco, chewing tobacco, this doesn't help to purify the consciousness. So similarly, uh, illicit sex, these are all forbidden activities. This uh, attraction between male and female, it's very powerful force to bewilder the mind. And uh, even people who, they may not be intrinsically very bad by nature, but their whole consciousness can be destroyed by this. I'll just tell you briefly about one sad incident that happened last September in Bombay. That uh, actually two of our devotees, their family members, they left their daughter, 13 years old, at, old at home, and uh, she she was alone and she saw the cockroaches. She was afraid of the cockroaches. So she called the in the block of apartment. She called the security guard. Do you please come and take the cockroach out? So he was there in the apartment, and actually he killed him. So it wasn't a premeditated thing or any such thing. Not the cockroach. He killed the girl. Yeah. So it's not. It's a, it's a very sad story actually. So um, then the police they caught him. And he said, you know, I, I never thought of doing such a thing, but I just, you see, in that situation, I just lost control of myself. And I said, because all the time I'm watching the cinema and I'm reading these dirty books. So you see, this is very, every, nowadays it's very, very, everyone is watching all these things and reading such things. But it's actually very, very polluting to the consciousness. The consciousness cannot be pure if one's mind is dragged down to that low level. Therefore, in... Uh, Civilized human life, there is marriage, and uh, that is that human urge is not indulged in a very low way, but in a within a prescribed method, civilized man within marriage, and in a religious society, that attraction between male and female is not brought down to the lowest manner, but they will unite only within marriage for the purpose of. Uh, bringing forth good children. In this way, there's this uh, propensity, which can be very, can actually destroy the consciousness. It can be properly channeled to a good purpose. And then also gambling is another thing which spoils the consciousness. Even uh, lotteries, the whole idea is that I will get a lot of money without any work, without any effort, and with for practically nothing. 
And actually, many people they become addicted to this, and they spend they get they spend all their money. It's an addiction just as bad as drinking. And even if you win something sometime, then you think, okay, I want something. Let me try and get some more, and then you lose it all again. So in our Krishna conscious movement, we are advocating pure consciousness, not to engage in these four sinful activities. And on the positive side, for purification of the consciousness. We should engage in the activities of Krishna Bhakti Sadhana. Nitya Siddha Krishna Prem Chata Kavunoi Shavanadi Shuddha Chitte Koreye Udoi. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has explained that every living being is by nature full of Krishna Prem. But that has to be simply revived by the process of hearing and chanting about Krishna. The activities of Bhakti. Engage all the senses in service to Krishna. We should see the beautiful form of the Lord in the temple and bring nice flowers to worship Him. Actually, the beauty of the flowers comes from Krishna and not vice versa. In our homes, instead of having pictures of dogs and such things, we should have pictures of Krishna. Previously, we used to see in every home in India nice pictures of Krishna or at least some different devotees. Now we see so many pictures like that of dogs or some film star or cricket star, cars, so many pictures. Some big guys with big muscles. That's very popular also. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's better you keep pictures of Krishna. Much, much, much better. Then uh, you do the puja in the morning. You offer some dhup. Krishna, and then that nice smell, which that will come, that will offer to Krishna, that will also remind you of Krishna. And again, we take Krishna prasadam, no meat, no fish, eggs, all these things. Just nice that. Krishna prasadam. Nowadays, everyone's very busy. They just want to take some food from a restaurant or take, get this bread from the shop and eat it like this. So better the wives they stay at home and cook nice preparations, and then. You can offer it to Krishna and then offer it to their husbands and families. What do you think? What's better in the morning, some some bread and tea, or you take some nice pongal or something like this, offered to Krishna? Which is better? Pongal offered to Krishna. That's more healthy too. So in this way, we engage all the senses in Krishna's service: seeing, smelling, tasting. What about touching? How do we engage the sense of touch in Krishna's service? What do you think? Well, actually, the the, uh, the devotees who are doing the puja of the deities, they sometimes massage the body of the Lord. But tatvijasparsha sanga, tatvijasparsha sangame. That said of Ambarish Maharaj, that he engaged his sense of touch in embracing the devotees of the Lord. So we should embrace the devotees. In this way, engage all the senses in the service of Krishna, and this, the center of all the senses is the mind, which is the most important. So the mind should be above all. The mind should be engaged in the service of Krishna. So, if you rise in the morning and chant Hare Krishna, that will help us to think of Krishna. But if we rise in the morning and immediately we turn on the TV, that won't help us to think of Krishna. We should have nice pictures of Krishna in our home. That will help us to think of Krishna. But if you have pictures of dogs in your home, then in, in your next life you might be someone might be painting a picture of you to put on the wall. You might win the first prize in the dog contest. Do they have dog contests in Salem yet? 
It's not very advanced place. Better don't be advanced by the modern standards. This old culture of India is very nice. That's God-centered. It's very strange that someone from the Western countries is coming to India and telling them to keep pictures of Krishna in their home. Such a nice culture. And it's meant for purification of the consciousness. But instead, we want to take this Western culture, which is simply agitating to the mind, simply contaminating. Everything in the Western culture is simply meant for increasing calm, growth, low, moha, mother, and matzai. And everything in the uh, traditional Indian culture is meant for purification from all these things. It's simply astonishing why Indian people are so much anxious to dance after the Western people as they rush towards hell. Rather, you should show them how to come out of that and come up to Krishna. Maya is very strong. We have to take to Krishna Bhakti. Otherwise, there's no hope. Our whole life is spoiled. I was just glancing at one book about called Hindu Dharma by that uh, Chandra Shekharan Saraswati, ex-Shankaracharya Kanchi. So this was a book, it's translated from his lectures in Tamil. So he was saying, I, I will go on and go on, even if no one ever listens to me, I will go on telling the Brahmins, you must chant the Vedas. This will help to purify the atmosphere. So we appreciate this. We have deep philosophical differences with the Sampradaya of Shankaracharya. But there are some things we can appreciate also. But uh, with all great respect to him, we must say that practically this idea of getting the Brahmins to chant the Vedas is it's not going to happen. But in the modern age, chanting Hare Krishna is more effective than chanting the Vedas. And although those in the Shankara Sampradaya would never agree with this, but actually those who chant Hare Krishna can become purified and they become Brahmanas and even more than Brahmanas by doing so. And this is the uh, practical process for purification in the modern age. If we simply have to rely on the caste Brahmanas, then there's not very much hope. Uh, we don't want to unnecessarily criticize, but by practical observation, and even many people of Brahmana caste, they themselves tell that most of, or, or many of the Brahmanas now, they're, they're also eating meat, they're drunkards, they're womanizers, everything. But, uh, so practically we can't rely on them to help us to become purified because they're not purified themselves. And even if they're chanting the Vedas, it's very difficult to get anyone to chant in the proper manner fully in the present age. So the process for Kali Yoga is Harin Nama, Harin Nama, Harin Nama, Eva Kevalam, Kalo, Nascheva, 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 Gatir, Anyatha. In this Kali Yoga there is no other way, no other way, no other way. But to chant the names of Hari, chant the names of Hari, chant the names of Hari. And you don't have to wait for someone else to do it for you. If we wait for the Brahmanas to chant the Vedas, it will be a long wait right up to the next Satya Yuga. But chanting Hare Krishna, we can do right now, every single one of us. Whatever our situation is, every one of us can take the decision that I want to be purified, I want to chant Hare Krishna. So let us do this and take uh, advice and blessings from Krishna and his devotees. Come purified and go to the land of no calm, cold, low, more, mother, matsari, go to the land of eternal bliss, Krishna Lanka. That is a better place. People want to go to America. But there's also calm, cold, love, Muhammad, and Matsaya there. So wherever there are these things, there must be distress. 
So let us prepare ourselves to go to Krishna Loka. Get ready your passport, visa, air ticket, everything. That means you have to chant the Hare Krishna mantra and get the blessings of Guru, Vaishnavas and Krishna and go. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Is there any question about all this? So my question is that how we can get rid of all this karma so masaya and it's practically how we can apply this and be purified. Yes, we're in the world of Maya, but we have to, that's the whole point, what I've been discussing in the class, we have to purify our consciousness yeah. so that we're not touched by Maya. If we engage our senses in the service of Krishna, though, then even though we, we are in the world of Maya, we're protected by Krishna. Krishna explains this in the next verse of Bhagavad Gita. You can get the translation. Well, I'll say it in English, but 